Welcome to A Fostered Life, the show in which we explore the various facets of foster care through the voices of the many people who participate in the system. I'm your host, Christy Tennant Crispin, and this is episode 12. In the last episode, which was episode 11, I introduced Tanya Folkrod to you. Our conversation covered a lot of ground, so I broke it up into two parts. In episode 11, which was part one, we heard about Tanya's early experience as a foster parent and how she and her husband became involved with the mother of a child who was placed in their care, leading them to start a ministry focused on offering a more holistic way to support families in crisis. In this episode, which is part two of our interview, We learn more about what Three Strands does and how their community approach to supporting families in crisis offers struggling parents wraparound support to help them gain skills and cultivate relationships that significantly improve their chances of reunification. If you want to learn more about Three Strands, go to www.frcoalition.org and click on Three Strands. I'll also share that link in the show notes below. And now, here's part two of my conversation with Tanya Folkrod. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. The way the class works is the state refers parents to us, and we call the parents ahead of time, and we introduce ourselves, and we indicate first and foremost that we are a faith-based parenting class and that we're going to talk about Jesus. But not only are we going to talk about Jesus, but we are going to talk about parenting. And I go over a little bit of um, what we do um, in the teaching time. And we make sure that all parents are comfortable, that that we are a faith-based class and that we're welcome to us. Um, but I will honestly tell you that I've only had three parents in three years out. Every parent involves and connects with us is open and willing and excited to be a part of our class. And once they get to class, even more so, um, they want to keep coming back. So it's it's very exciting. The way the class works is it is a nine-week class. There are some very unique pieces to our class, not just the teaching, the actual curriculum, but we also provide childcare for families. We provide a meal every week to families that are coming and all the volunteers. We provide transportation for those moms and dads who need help getting to and from class. And then really the most important piece to our class is every mom and dad gets a mentor. And this mentor walks with this mom and dad throughout the nine weeks. And um, they are required um, to meet with their mom and dad every week and meeting with their mentor is required and is a part of graduation. So they not only have to attend the class and sit through the teaching, but they have to meet with their mentor once a week on top of the class time. And so I'm sure you're asking the question, who does all of this? Mm -hmm. So my husband and I don't do all of this. There would be no possible way for us to do all of it, but the church does it. Mm -hmm. And like you said earlier, we believe that the church is the answer. I sit in so many meetings where amazing, talented, passionate, loving people are sitting around the table trying to figure out how to restore families and how to support families and how to bring hope to families. And I'm always sitting there in my chair, just not audibly, obviously, but in my heart, just saying, 
really the church, church stance, the church, the church, the church. I want to stand up and scream the church, the church, the church. So this, this ministry, this program is a church partnership. We partner with churches to run these classes. And all of those roles that I listed earlier are roles that are done by the church. So we have a teaching couple who has children who teach the class. And then we have the mentors and they are church members. We have the child care workers that are church members and so on and so on. And currently we have our own church um, hosting a class and have been since the beginning, since 2016. We also have a Spanish church that is hosting a class. And so we've had the curriculum translated into Spanish. And so that's been very exciting. And then we have seven churches that will launch classes in the spring. And so we train the churches and support churches and, and walk with churches to get this class launched and running so that parents all over the city can find a class and find a class in their community. That's also what's unique about this. And what I love is this vision of that God's given us is to have all of these classes all over the city so that families can find churches in their neighborhoods yeah. that they can go to for the class and then ultimately land in and worship in and do life with. We are really praying and working towards this becoming something that all churches um, can be a part of. And families will have many different church options to choose from depending on where they live. And then eventually they will become a part of that church and and have that supporting community. So one of the things that we've learned in this process, and even just personally walking with the biological mom of our foster child, is that she was very lonely. And um, our our families come with just a poverty of relationships. I mean, it's not just economical, uh, economic poverty. It is relational poverty. And part of what we're doing with Three Strands is growing those circles because they come to us Um, where their circles are very small. You know, they've been asked by the state to walk away from relationships, walk away from people groups, walk away from living in this community or this neighborhood and finding a new place, even walking away from family, from blood family. And, And so they come to us and they have no one. And so we start with the teachers, the husband and wife that are with them for three hours teaching this class. And that's why we, you know, really work to create a very safe environment when we're teaching, because this is, we want this to be a a safe place for them to open up and share what they're walking through. And then we take it one step further and we have the church coming and feeding them. And so in our case, in our church, we have small groups coming and feeding these families. And so now we've kind of enlarged their circle a little bit more. And so they're meeting people in small groups. And then they're getting to know the people that are caring for their children. So some of these families still have kids in their home. About, um, I think it's probably 50-50. We've got some families that have had their kids removed completely and they are in a foster home or in a kinship or family member's home. Mm-hmm. And then the other half, they're 50%. We've got a family that has an open CPS case, but their children have not been removed. So they are working a plan, working services and working to make some changes in their home and the state has, has um, decided that the home is safe enough, um, but there are things that they need to work on. And so we have families coming with kids. And so now these families are getting to know these caregivers 
And then these families are getting to know the, the church members who are transporting them to and from class. And so we're just trying to enlarge their circle because um, we want them after the nine weeks is over to have just a huge pool of, of new friendships yes. and community. And, and we talk about that all the time in class, very intentional what we're doing. And then, of course, mentor. And the mentor, um, we pray, would last beyond the nine weeks. And it has, uh, it's been a hit. I mean, really, we have families that do not want to leave. They're asking after the nine weeks is over, what do you have next for me? And they have tasted God. They have tasted and seen God's goodness and they want more. And so it is such a delight to teach them and to be with them and to get to know them and to walk with them. Um, so. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I do. I have so many questions and that is just incredible. I love everything that you're talking about. You know, the first, I kept thinking the whole time I was listening to you, the scripture, there's a scripture passage that years ago I knew was like my anchor passage for life. And this was before I got a vision for foster care, all of that, but it's Isaiah 61. And I had this this sense that like I wanted my life to be about that passage. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty for captives, freedom for those who are in chains, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. Um, to comfort mm. those who mourn, to provide for those who grieve, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes and the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And that passage goes on to talk about the Lord taking your shame and giving you honor in, in exchange. And and as I was listening to you, I was thinking that passage led me to become a foster parent. And I have always prayed that passage over our children and I'm sitting here going, mm. this is about their mothers and fathers. This is about the families yes. they come from. <laughs> and I just, I don't think yeah. I ever saw it so clearly as I'm seeing it right now that that, that passage mm. is also about those men and women. And um, so I just, I think it's incredible. And I think people don't realize that when someone is at the point where their child has been taken, and you talked about relationships and how they've lost you know, they don't have relationships to fall back on, um, which is largely mm -hmm. why their kids are in care. I mean, if, if they have a good relationship with members of their family, their kids probably wouldn't be necessarily in foster care. They would, they would have, yeah. um, or there, I guess you said some of the, those folks, their kids are in kinship care. So they are placed with relatives, but I know in our situation, the, the women whose kids have come into our home and we've had a lot over the last six years, um, the women whose kids are in our home, they do not have any family members supporting them. In fact, we yeah. have seen so many where the family members ha are so done with them because they've already burned all those bridges in their addiction, whether it's, you know, yes. stealing or violence, physical violence or lying or all of that. By the time their kids come to us, they've been cut off by their relationships and their family. And so trying to imagine... Yeah the weight of shame, the weight of disgrace, the weight of addiction, and then total isolation and loneliness. Um, yeah. How could anyone be expected to not just like fall into oblivion mm -hmm. 
And I think that's what is what happens, you know, and I've had conversations with women um, that we've gotten to know through foster through fostering their children and they've said I was just so ashamed I couldn't face the kids I couldn't face you I thought the kids would just be better off without me you know and um and so to to have a model that addresses all of that and says actually we are going to enfold you broken person (laughs) we're going to enfold you with so much love, support, nourishment of body and of spirit, food, community, um, and then education, classes, and, you know, um, yeah. it's just incredible. It's, it's a holistic response to this huge problem, and um, so I just love it. And um, one question I do have, and I'm curious about, because I also know that addiction, especially for example, heroin and meth, the the recovery rate for those things is so excruciatingly painful and low. Like the, the recovery rate is so low. What is the success rate that you've seen of children being restored to their families when they're in this model? Most, if not all of our parents have the potential to be restored to their children. It has been shocking to me even after doing this for three years, and my husband and I have taught every semester since we started, it is shocking to me at um, how much potential each of these parents have that come to our class. Yeah. They, they have the resources in them. They have the, the will. They have the work ethic, they have the, the perseverance, they have all of those things that it takes to bring on our great dad. As you were saying earlier, um, the key is community. Hmm. And the key is having someone or more than someone, preferably a community, a group of people, the church to support them and help them get out of the holes that they're in and to hold their hand and to keep speaking truth and goodness and value and worth over them over and over and over again. Um, They really have the capacity to be great moms and great dads. Really what is, is needed and, and, and the deficit is community and, um, they need people around them to encourage them, to remind them of their worth, to remind them of their value, to remind them that their kids are worth fighting for, mm-hmm. that that even they're worth fighting for, not just yep. their kids, yep. that they're worth fighting yes. for, and, and, and that we're going to keep fighting for them, and that we're not going to give up on them. They have skills. They just need someone to walk alongside them. Of course, we're all in different places with our parenting. Um, you know, none of us got a manual when um, we were in the hospital. And mm-hmm. and so we're all kind of, you know, the blind leading the blind. Right. Um, and there's, there's no how-tos. Um, and as you said earlier, um, and for me, I've learned how to parent by living in community. Yeah. Um, and by God showing me and 
you know, hey, this isn't working and having to make lots of mistakes and ask for forgiveness and starting over and hitting the reset button. And really, we are the reset button for these parents. And we want to continue to be the reset button and be the cheerleader on the sidelines. Um, One of the things that we do in our class is we really hone in on strengths and needs. We don't call it weaknesses. We call it needs. And helping parents to see what their own personal strengths and needs are and then taking the step further and, and figuring out what the uh, strengths and needs are for their children or for their family. We talk about um, first and foremost in that first week about how they are made in God's image. And so we start with reminding them of their worth in God and in Christ and that we are made in his image, that they are made in his image and that we are image bearers and what that means. And, Our prayer is that that shame they come into the class with and that guilt um, begins just to fall. And honestly, we see it. It is a beautiful picture and such a privilege to witness God's transformation over the course of those nine weeks. Talking about um, their family of origin is important and getting to the heart of their own trauma and that they can deal with the trauma that they have caused in their own families. We talk about permanency and what permanency looks like in their family. We talk about restoration and we talk about the beauty of community and, Mm um, and the need for community and just really challenging them about what kind of community do they have Mm -hmm. and, um, what steps they need to take uh, to make that happen. Um, we talk about um, the stages of development in, in, uh, in a child. We talk about um, connection. Connection is very much a part of all of our lessons. We talk about attachment. And all the while, we are connecting and we are attaching to these parents and teaching our volunteers about connection and attachment and, and even trauma. You know, what you're seeing in this mom and dad is a result of trauma and as a result of neglect. And so there's lots of training that goes into um, launching a class and getting volunteers ready and equipped to do it and do it well, because we want, we want the church to continue this mission. We want to, the church to not get burned out. Yeah. And a lot of times with this group of people, there's a high burnout rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, so we do a lot of teaching and training around keeping boundaries and equipping our parents to do the work they need to do. You don't teach them how to fish or yeah. you don't teach them to fish. You teach them how to fish. Right. You don't <laughs> hand so, them a fish. You teach them how to fish. Yeah. Yes. And so we spend a lot of time talking about what it looks like to enable or to not enable and mm-hmm. just, just that whole idea of healthy boundaries for all of our, our volunteers yeah. um, is really important in a ministry like this. So. Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, it's worth pointing out that this is a messy process. This is not, I mean, I can assume that <laughs> there are times when it does get uncomfortable. I know that for me, I mean, even in relationships that we've maintained with former foster children who have been returned and we've stayed in touch, we've had moments where we've had to have some awkward, you know, awkward conversations about what's okay and what's not okay, <laughs> you know, and 
Um, because it's not like it fixes everything. There are still very significant challenges that, you know, that a lot of the families carry going forward. Yes. And I will say that whenever I'm talking to anyone about what we're doing and the opportunity that is available to them in this ministry, I always preface it with, if this is going to be really messy and it's going to be really hard, but it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. And you are going to be changed by it. And these families are going to be changed by it. I sit with moms and dads who have been through our class and I hear the stories of restoration and redemption. And it, it, it is honestly the community and the church stepping up and doing what the church is supposed to do. And that is to love. And that is to walk with others and to share the gospel over and over and over again and to offer the gift of Jesus. And, and it is a beautiful, it is a beautiful ministry, but it is very hard and very messy. And personally, you are going to get discouraged. You are going to feel rejected you are going to be possibly used, not possibly, probably, mm-hmm. you're probably going to get used and taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just think it's great practice for just living out the, our faith, right? Yeah. I mean, what an opportunity to experience the things that Jesus experienced, to be rejected, to be... To lay down our lives, would you say? I mean, right? Very to, much laying yeah. down your life over and over and over again. And, and offering it to the Lord. I want to close our time, but I would love to ask you, um, so somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, gosh, I would love to see that happen in my church. Is this something that you Mm. are able to do outside of the state? You're in Texas. Um, Is this something that could easily be moved to a church, say in, you know, in New Hampshire or something? Or what would your advice be to someone listening and saying, you know what, I want to do this at my church? Where do they start? I would love to talk to them. I believe um, any church um, can do this. And I would love to have that conversation with you or with anyone um, who's interested in learning more. Um, We all have families um, next door to us, a street over, you know, 10 minutes away across town that are in crisis. And, um, the church needs to step up. And if your church is interested, if you're interested, then let's um, have a conversation. And currently it's in just Austin, mm-hmm. um, but our vision is to grow. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yes, so absolutely um, give me a call. We can talk and, and see, where, um, see where the Lord leads Okay. So I'm going to put links in the show notes for, for this, but for people who are just listening and are not like at their computer um, and are just listening on like iTunes or something, where could somebody learn more about what you're doing and how could they connect with you? You can go to our website, frccoalition.org. And all of my information is on the website Perfect. along with some videos and testimonials of families and volunteers who have been a part of our ministry. 
Wonderful. So the class is called Three Strands Class. The website is frccoalition.org. And I'll also put that link in the show notes. And um, anyone who's interested in, in exploring this, like you said, it's a, it's a big work and um, it, it requires a village, a whole community. One or two people can't do all of this on their own. But if you have a church that's committed to this vision and would like to be part of not just caring for um, the children in foster care, but actually caring for their families and helping to be about restoring children to their parents and restoring parents to their children, which is a huge part of the gospel call, then you can definitely find a starting place and end some um, insights through Tanya and the website. I appreciate so much you telling me about your work and I appreciate your work. Thank you again. I appreciate you. You've been listening to part two of my two-part conversation with Tanya Fulkrod. Be sure to subscribe to A Fostered Life Podcast so you don't miss a single episode. For more information and resources for foster parents, please visit afosteredlife.com where you'll find blog posts, recommended reading, YouTube videos, and social media links all designed to help foster parents feel more equipped for their foster care journey. It's my prayer that no foster parent ever feels like they're going at it alone. If you enjoy this podcast and you're interested in supporting my work at A Fostered Life, please go to afosteredlife.com and click on the tab, Support My Work. That will take you to my Patreon page where you can become a patron of the podcast and YouTube channel. Just $1 a month helps offset the cost of producing these resources and enables me to offer them freely to new and prospective foster parents. I'm so grateful for the support of my patrons. I also give a few perks to my patrons, so please head over to Patreon and check it out. If you're a foster parent who's feeling like you're out there on your own, consider joining The Flourishing Foster Parent, a community designed to encourage, equip, and connect foster parents. You can find info on The Flourishing Foster Parent at afosteredlife.com FFP. One more thing. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take a moment to rate A Fostered Life on iTunes. It would help me out so much. Thanks for listening, and thanks for caring about foster care.